Welcome to the Moss Talk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Mouse Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mouse. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, viewers and listeners, the voice that you just heard on that verse right there, uh, that belongs to my guests who I have on the show today. And give a quick backstory as we kick this introduction off. That was my first introduction to this brother right here. And, I, you know, it was through um, his great friend and my nephew, uh, K-Moore. And when he first showed me uh, these brothers video for that song right there, I can honestly say it was definitely a breath of fresh air. And I ain't going to lie, I had this stank face. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> like, I definitely had the stank face and, you know, had to play it over and over again. I'm like, I mean, let me see that laptop. Like, because it was just so amazing and phenomenal to come across uh, uh, such a talented and lyrical group, especially coming from the city where we come from, of Memphis, it was like a breath of fresh air, man. Uh, this brother right here is a part of a great duo. Shout out to his partner in rhyme, man, uh, who goes by the name of Eddie, who, uh, who also who was invited to the show. Shout out to him. Uh, been a fan of these guys for a very long time, and actually, right right now. I'm just honored to have him on the platform right now. Like I said, this is something that's been in the making. And uh, just give it up. He's one half of the group, formerly known as Hippie Soul, but now known as Eddie and Tico. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Tico Sensei. What's going on, my guy? Hey, man, I appreciate all that. It was a hell of an intro, goddammit. I appreciate it, man. Oh, man, I, I had to. I, I had to, man, because... It's that, you know, like I said, when when Ken first introduced me to you guys' music and I got to meet you guys in person, and I actually watch you all freestyle in my sister's living room and, like, watch it in person. And just, like, bro, like, it's something it's something amazing. And I ain't gonna lie, at the time, I called myself being a rapper and, like, y'all put me to shame. I'm like, bro, y'all gonna spit out these dudes? Like, no, you hear this? <laughs> Like I was embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm on my platform. I'm not embarrassed to say. Like I was in, I was embarrassed. I was like, bro, I'm not spitting. Up. Like, bro, I'm not. I got local ABC bars compared to what these dudes doing. Yeah, man. So, man, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. No problem, man. It's just, it's man. You guys have done so much uh, within the city and in the southern region. And I feel like you guys, oh, you guys didn't even hit y'all peak yet. It's just, it's just the beginning, you know. And man, I'm just I'm glad to have you on the platform, man. Before we get into anything, I would like to know how are you doing mentally and spiritually, my brother? Ah, man, like man, that's a big one. Uh, I'd like to say I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a good place, you know. I uh, 
I really can't complain. Like, I feel like I'm in a place where, you know, a lot of stuff uh, that I've been wanting is aligning for me. And, like, it, it's, mm-hmm. lining up, it's lining up and the future looking good. You know, got a lot of stuff on the horizon and, like, it's just really just overall, I just feel blessed, man. Man, I'm glad to hear that, man. If I'm not, um, if I'm correct, uh, as of right now, you are expecting your first child, correct? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting a baby boy in uh, September. Yep. Congratulations, congratulations! Uh, happy belated Father Day to you, man. Uh, for someone like yourself, man, uh, how are you pre- pre- preparing yourself for uh for parenthood? Man, right now I'm really just. To be honest, I'm just on some real hustle shit right now, like trying to, you know, work as much as I can, uh, get my finances in order and all stuff like Thanks. this. As far as like preparation, I really, I really only think it's only so much I can do because you know, this uh, this is my first child after all, and I'm I'm nervous, I'm I'm scared, I'm uh. Excited, just all of them. It's like it's only, I don't feel like it's only so much I can prepare for. So I'm just doing the best I can to like have everything in order so when he arrives, this is comfortable as it can be for him. Man, um, I just want to say this, man. Um, just to see the way you and your lovely lady, your queen, react, um, and then how you guys are around each other. I can honestly say, man, you guys are going to be phenomenal parents, man, and I'm definitely happy for you guys, man. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that more than you know, bro. Man, no problem, man. Man, before we just get into the, the genesis of, I'm saying, the one Tico Tate, a.k.a. Tico Sensei, man, I wanted to know, yeah. uh, of course, you, uh, you're you still in the city. You know, I moved from the city a couple of years ago. Man, I wanted to know... Um, what is the, the 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 actual music scene like in Memphis as of right now? Like how you see it? Uh, it's a lot of like it's a lot of great people out here doing a lot of uh great things. You got uh like of course you got us. You got uh you know I would say people like Ghost Virgos who like I know has been on your show before. He's not a. I don't think he's he's in the city as of now, but you know I always consider him a part of the city. Like no matter where he is, uh, you got people uh, like unapologetic. You know, I make mad beats. Pro, mm-hmm. C major, all those guys over there, awesome. They doing their thing. You got the uh, got the people at Tone. People like Dame Mufasa. Uh, you got Luca, and it's like it's a lot of people out here like. You know, really shaking and moving and doing their thing. It's a lot of people I respect what they're doing, and I feel like um, it's really getting into a a renaissance of of like just a different field of like artistry. Like it's not like the mainstream. It's not like what you would typically hear. But you also got a lot Ooh. of the you know mainstream as well. You know, people like Glorilla. Shout out to her. Uh, got people like hit kid and them they doing their thing so i feel like like yes and them so yeah i feel like it's a a great time to be from memphis facts man like one thing people like now people noticing it 
but it's but I kind of peeped it like going on five years now. Like once, like I say, when rest in peace to Dolph, when Dolph really really popped off, and then when Bad came into play, and just you saw Youngster and just the rest of them, and just saw other individuals from the city just blowing up, and it's like, and then not to mention you hearing all the production that's going on. It's nothing but Memphis producers who's topping the charts for these singles and these uh and these records. And it's like, damn, we've been really running this for the past five, six years now. And it's like, damn, I wonder, can we keep this 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 reign uh, going? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I feel like, I feel like we got the the right people to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know about us um, being, as people would say, to the the top of the top or whatever. But I feel like we got a lot of people. That's gonna keep things moving forward and keep innovating and keep, you know, creating great music and like I'm excited for it. Man, so am I, man. So am I. Man, so we're gonna hit the rewind button, man, and talk about the days of a, a young Tico, man. Uh what part of the city you grew up in? Man, I'm uh, originally from uh Mitchell Heights, you know, uh over there really off uh Summer Avenue. Uh, over oh, there, way okay. you know what I'm saying. So yeah, it's like tip. It's originally like where I'm from, but I didn't. I didn't live just about everywhere. You know, like, yeah. So <laughs> I like to say I'm from Memphis. Goddamn it. So exactly because you represent the whole entire city. Yeah, for sure. Man, how would you describe that upbringing that you had while uh, being out in Mitchell Heights and also having the experience of moving around the city, man? How would you like? How would you describe uh, your childhood upbringing? Man, I say is I ain't gonna, you know, I ain't got the typical uh, rapper story. Oh man, it was so hard growing up. You know, we only only ate three Cheerios a day. Uh, like <laughs> nah, it, it, it was that type of thing. You know, I'm a, I had a I had a good mom, like uh, who worked worked very hard and uh, tried to do the best she could for us and stuff like that. It was me and my sister and my mom most of the time. And uh, like I said, like we moved around a lot. Like I don't really remember staying too many places for longer than like a, a year or two. Like we. Would, pick up and move somewhere else, like another part of the city. But I always had like their base, like in my grandma's spot, like in Mitchell Heights. And like, I would always be around there no matter where I was. So it was it's pretty, I say it's pretty typical upbringing. Like nothing like, nothing too serious, like that I would say would traumatic, like most people went through. Or anything like that. Well, you know, one thing I can say is that I respect you for your honesty because you know you do have a lot of individuals who, um, as you call it, the typical rapper story. Because you know, a lot of people like to say, "Oh, uh, you know, we grew up in the projects and we, like you say, ate three trios a day and yeah. things like that." Because you know, they feel like, "Oh, that's the, that's what it sells and that's the image I got to go, uh, got to go with." And that's one thing I want I respect about you and Eddie, because you guys, you know, with your music and your visuals and just your projects, you guys have made it to where it's it's cool to be yourselves music wise, because you guys are dope 
uh, lyrically, uh, musically. Like you guys are incredible songwriters, and, and it's just that you guys definitely made it cool to where it's cool to be yourselves. You guys are a fan of anime and just other things like that, and it's just like it's 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 very very respectful coming from me, man. So I respect y'all for just being yourselves and laying that blueprint down for other independent artists to follow. So let them know it's cool to be yourself, man. Oh yeah, man. Everybody, everybody got a story. Everybody got their own story to tell, and it don't gotta be, you know, the same story as the next guy. Ain't gotta be, you know, I'm this street dude or I'm this dude who just had it so rough. Cause you know it was rough times for us. Yeah, I think everybody go through that. I've spoken about that in the music, but it's like, just be yourself, man. It's really the message that like we want to spread. That like. You ain't got to fake no funk or no shit like that. Just tell your story because that's what's going to make you unique and that's what's going to make you stand out. Yeah, I can't find any lies in any lies in that statement. You spoke yeah. the truth on that, man. Uh, what was a, a young Tico in besides, before the, you know what I'm saying, this musical bug got to you? What was a young Tico into as a child growing up? Really, a lot of the same stuff I'm into now. You know, like, I've been a big anime fan since I was, like, a kid. Like, since I my dad kind of introduced me to uh, Dragon Ball Z when I was younger. Okay. And, like, okay. From, from then on, like, it took off from there. And, like, I was a real, I was a real, like, reclusive child. Like, I was timid. I was shy. I was, uh, mm. I didn't really, uh... I wasn't really outgoing or anything like that. I was really the uh, kid that was kind of in his shell and honestly didn't really know himself until like coming into like hip hop. Hip hop gave me an avenue of like self discovery and like hmm. discovering discovering myself through music. Man, that's that's a, a that's a nice way to put that. Like that's I liked it. Yeah, uh, hip hop really, and and that's one thing I realized that you know a lot of people you know love to you know speak on hip hop when it comes to the negative, but they that's a positive right there. That's definitely a positive thing right there that you know hip hop helped you discover who you were. You know, yeah. so a lot of people don't. They always just focus on the negative and on stuff that goes on in hip hop, but you know they don't pay attention towards the positive, which is just crazy, man. Uh, for you. Who was some of uh, the individuals that was real influential uh, in your growing up days? Like you mean, like as far as like my family base, like fa yeah, family members, people who were around and uh, who yeah. were around and stuff like that. Most definitely, uh, my mom was one of my uh, biggest influences. You know, like I said, she was like a hard worker, like single mom, took care of us, got us everything we needed. Wasn't always able to get what I wanted, you know. But I always got what I needed, and uh, that's why I always appreciate my mom and respect her and hold her in such high esteem. Uh, my uncle, I had an uncle uh, named Junior. He uh, passed yes, away. He, uh, yeah, I remember uh, you passed. Rest in peace. Very big influence on me. Like really, my my uh, biggest inspiration of like what a man is so man. shout out to my uncle junior 
Rest in peace. Yeah, my granny, like, was a rock, was solid. Like, really just a lot of a lot of the women in my life, too, like my aunts, stuff like that. They were some big influences on me as well. Just uh, kept me and, like, protected me. Protected me uh, emotionally. Protected me physically. And uh, I appreciate all of them for that. Nah, man. Shout out to all your family members, man. That that's definitely what's up, man. Uh, do you remember uh, your earliest uh, memories of being introduced to like uh, just music? Period. Like, of course, uh, hip hop. But what was something like the early, um, earliest music that you heard? Like, you could remember that you hearing for the first time. One of the first songs I remember that like really struck me is like, um, like. That really struck me was uh, "Killing Me Softly" by Lauren Hill. Like, mm. like when I first heard this song, as like a child. It was like it was just something magical about it that kind of stuck out to me. And like, it's it's like my favorite song of all time, like to this day. Oh, and, man. Uh, and then when it just uh, when it comes on, it's just like. Yeah, man, it's like kind of have no alone. Yeah, she just got the her voice just infectious and it like kind of seeps into you and it's like, damn, this is this is what music is. Uh, growing up for you, did you have any other uh, dreams or aspirations before music? Like, uh, what were some of the things that like you know that you dreamed dreamt of being like, or you probably wanted to do career wise? To be honest, bro, I ain't have no dream. Before, like, us originally, it was all music. Did like, it was, I wanted, like, I just always wanted to grow up and be okay. Mm. Like, as a kid, like, I used to say, like, shit to make adults, like, be like, ooh, oh, okay, like, oh, I want to grow up, be a lawyer. I don't really want to be a fucking lawyer. It's just like, like really? something, <laughs> just something I would say when adults ask me what I want to be, but I didn't like. I didn't really have a dream until like I discovered hip hop. It's like I didn't have anything that drove me like hip hop did. It's like I just would go to school, make good grades, cause shit I'm supposed to. But once I discovered hip hop, it like it just shifted from me being so focused on schoolwork to me writing verses in class. Oh, man. Do you remember when you wrote your first rhyme or your first verse? <sighs> my first verse. I don't, I don't think I remember my first verse, but I remember one of my first verses. And I remember uh, I remember this vividly, like, writing, like, one of my first verses and, like, it being fucking terrible. And um, giving, showing it to my mom and, like, letting her read it and, like, you know. Thinking she just would be like, ooh, wow, it's so great. And she's like, this is, this is terrible. Like, just, <laughs> hey, <laughs> mom, <laughs> hey, mom's keeping it, mom's keeping it both with you. She's keeping it real with you. And I like I always remembered it, like, cause she was like, this this makes like it doesn't even make sense. Like <laughs> Shout out to mom for keeping it real, man. Hey, she like she she's a crit uh, she became a critic. She just right. letting you know the truth. And she always told me, it's like, bro, if you're going to do this, you're not going to be out here 
being whack, being bad at it. Like, you know? <laughs> so I always appreciated my mom for that, like her honesty. Oh man, man! Uh, once you discovered that you had a niche for hip hop, and you know, hip hop did so much for you. It helped discover who you were, and it basically gave you a purpose to like really want to accomplish things in life. Man, for you, who were some of those inspirations for you music-wise? Like, who you, who were you listening to so much that you just like, man, I, like, this, this person inspires me, man. This person gets me wanting to pick that pen up. Who were some of those artists? Man, the first person who ever made me want to do that is Kid Cudi. Mm. I, uh, I, remember, I remember wanting to rap, like, before I started rapping. And like I always think to myself, like, bro, like you not this. You could cause I used to listen to like a lot of like back when Gucci Mind used to put out all them fucking mixtapes. Mixtapes. Like I used to just listen to a lot of this shit because that's what you know, that was the rap that was that was that being was popular on that time. Yeah, so I would listen to a lot of that. And then when I thought about rapping, I was like, How the fuck I'm gonna rap? Like I don't I don't got this street life to pull from, I ain't got this big it flashy shit that I do every day and like I just so happened to come across like a burned CD. I don't know who burnt this CD like in my house of um uh, Kid Cuddy's first mixtape called A Kid Named Cuddy and I uh I used to play that and like the first time I listened to it I, I was like what the fuck is this like what and like it kind of grew on me like I would play it over and over again like start to comprehend some of the themes and the messages he was pushing in it and like he he really didn't he didn't rap about street shit he didn't try to be this big you know perfect person in his raps he was just always like honest about like what he was going through whether it was his sensitivity whether it was you know whatever he was going through at the moment he was just honest about it and like they kind of inspired me. They actually inspired me to pick up the pen and start writing. Because, like, okay, if he can pull from his life and pull from his experiences and not have shame about it, like, I'm like, I can. I, I think I can do the same thing. So, Cuddy was... Once you, once you got... Cuddy was... Basically, Cuddy was that inspiration for you, man. Once yeah. you uh, got into that zone and you was writing and and when you was just, you know, perfecting the craft of it, uh, was you one of those ones who was spitting for everybody, or was you keeping the, keeping the verses to yourself? At first, I was, like, keeping it to myself because I didn't I, – I used to know how to write, but I didn't, like, comprehend, like, spitting bars and, like, projecting oh, it. Okay. So I would write – like, I would write a whole lot. And – um. I'm trying to remember when I started, like, actually showing people. I just, I just remember eventually, you know, showing people. And I wouldn't, I wasn't the guy who was, like, I know a lot of people would think that from hearing me. Like, I wasn't the guy that just started this and was just like, oh, you so hard. Like, it's like, nah, sometimes I would spit, okay, nigga, we, we don't give a fuck. Like, you just, <laughs> like, <laughs> you ain't talking about shit. Like, you're not they're good at this and it's kind of how i knew that this was something that i wanted to do because typically when i'm when i wasn't good at something 
it was you just quit. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not good at this. I ain't got the skills for this. But but like with rap, like I want it to be great. Like I want it to like perfect it. I want it to be as great as the people like that I looked up to. And see what and see what happened. Like look looking into the, the great lyrical music maker that you are man and that, that's what uh, i can tell that you someone who definitely who was practicing you was getting that practice in man so it shows it shows in the music man it definitely shows in the music um so how did you and it end up linking up uh basically you know um like i said we uh met in the ninth grade but we weren't really we really didn't get cool until like the tenth grade when we took English together, mm. and uh, we ended up doing a poetry assignment, and like we ended up being the only two people in the class that did the assignment. So he did his poem, and like you know, people were like this dope. I did my poem, and people were like this dope. And he um he used to sit in front of me, and he turned around and was like, "Yeah, man, I heard you." Uh, you know, you be rapping that shit like up at the library, cause I had I had been going up to the library like every day, just writing and uh rapping with a few other friends. Mm, okay. And um, he had heard about it. And he was like, "Yeah, man, you want to link up and like work on some shit?" And like I remember him coming to the library that day, and us like like they used to have these rooms like that you could get like when you go to the public library study rooms. Mm-hmm. And like we would get one of those study rooms, just beat on the table and like write raps until they kick us the fuck out, which they did <laughs> every single day. Like, and like we had just been, we really just been working together since then. Like, we would, I remember us making like a whole basically mixtape of like raps of him beating on the table and us like making songs from like doing it and we had like one of our friends had like a tape recorder and he like recorded all our songs and it was basically kind of like our mixtape damn like, <laughs> that's dope that's dope yeah so that's definitely dope man um man when did everything start to take place for you guys to where you guys decided like you know what we're gonna be a group uh you uh and when did you guys decide to go through like name in the group because it was at first it was like it was just what soul before it was hippie soul right yeah when we first like when we got out here and started uh we graduated actually we got out here and started like doing local shows around the city and stuff like that we was uh going by soul shout out to virgos too he uh actually was the first person to reach out to us and uh, put us on the show Mm-hmm. So, uh, he said that, and uh, and every interview I've done with him, he has always bigged you guys up, and he always said that he's like, yeah, I'm the. He said like, I gave him their first show. I was like, damn, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is my guy, man. He's always love for Virgos. Like he actually like was the first person out here to reach out to us and like, hey man, I think y'all dope. Like y'all want to do a show, and honestly, before then, we, I don't even think we had like thought about doing shows because we was more so like, okay, we're gonna write the music, put it out, put out videos and see where it goes from there. And like, you know, that ended up happening. And like from then on, it's like, it's kind of a domino effect of, you know, people hitting us up. Hey, want to get on this show, want to get on this show. And it's, 
them first couple of years is basically how we built our notoriety. Mm. Like, you know, doing local events and stuff like that. And uh, eventually, eventually we uh, just kind of felt like the name Soul was like too generic. And, uh, really wanted to put our own twist on it. So we basically sat up and thought about like two words that kind of they kind of embody like who we are as a group and like a lot of time like a lot of times we was doing like shit that people would consider like hippie type of shit mm-hmm. and uh we felt like we were some soulful dudes so we just put them two words together and like that's how hippie soul ended up happening man uh like i said when i first so um i first saw the visual for december 21st and it's just like that was my introduction to you guys and you uh, what people don't even know is you guys was a part of a movement that was going on down in memphis called myth hop yeah yeah that, uh, people just don't know about that of course you know Vir- uh, virgos announced we've spoken about that uh, a couple of times on the podcast like that was a man talk about that that, that whole experience or people just don't know like because they're not from the city, then they're not going to know. But uh, from your experience, man, what was that like? And who was uh, outside of Virgos? Who were some of those individuals that you guys, you know, uh, came across and you built relationships with? What uh, producers or promoters, anything like that? As far as um the term mimp hop, I think uh it was Quinn McGowan. I think it was Mighty Quinn who uh, coined that phrase, mm. if I'm not mistaken. And, um, like I said, like him, uh, Mighty Quinn, part of a IMC, uh, those guys. I my correlation. Yeah, it definitely big influence. Jason the Hater, shout out to them. Shout out to Jason the Hater. Virgos, it, it was a lot of people, man. There's so many people mm-hmm. back then. Like, man, it was so many years ago. But uh, I know yeah. I already hosted, um, Trying to think as as the name come to me, but I I just know a lot of people out here doing their thing and like I just know we was blessed to be included to be looked at as you know people who were a part of that. X. Okay. Um. If I know when people go on to your guys, I know some people still search for hippie soul fires on streaming uh platforms. Mm-hmm. When did you all initially drop Tennessee's Shinobi? Because I, because of course it says twenty twenty on streaming platforms, but I, it was way before that, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was like twenty fifteen. Okay, I knew I was correct because I'm like, no, nah, I remember because I think Kennedy gave me because you guys had when you guys had some, you guys were pushing CDs too, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a copy from Kennedy, so I definitely remember that. So, because I'm thinking like, damn, I'm like, no, nah, I can remember this is like. 15 to 16 when they was pushing yep. it because man boy uh talk about what was that experience and that pride uh, that process like putting that together man uh tennessee shinobi probably it's still like uh my favorite project of ours because of what it signified you know we were um we had just moved in our new spot mm-hmm. and uh me uh, thank Aaron, uh, Eddie, and Tater Pro. We all, uh, 
got our own spot together. And then was kind of, I kind of like consider those like my college days, you know, even, even though I didn't go to college. Cause like, we were just all grouped up in that house. And like, we had decided like, you know, we're going to make music here and we're just going to make a lot, make a shitload of music here. And like Tennessee Shinobi was that year being in that house. Like, I, f I feel like it's like a, like a collection of all our memories, like, mm, okay. like in their house at that time, and like it, it just always brings back memories listening to it. And I feel like it's really when we came into ourselves as artists, like, cause you know before that we had the Idis EP, which was dope as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Tennessee Shinobi was us mastering ourselves, like us mastering the the themes and the messages that we wanted to push man how would you describe the musical chemistry between you and Eddie? not effortless <laughs> that's the only word i could probably think of too because it's just like man you guys are amazing effortless because like it's it's like with him like we were just at the point where he made a song all right bro here go your verse <laughs> you got where you put your verse. I know you feel. I we don't, we don't really too much gotta talk about it because like okay, I know what need to be here. He know what need to be here. It's like it's not even a a thing for us to like sit and think too hard about it. It's like we've been doing like we really we literally been making songs together since like the tenth grade. So back when we started, we used to point out a lot of each other's errors. Like uh, you should speak up here. You should do this here. You should do this there, and like we demoted ourselves to do that so much that I just feel like we feed off of each other like really well. Man, when you guys uh when you guys initially dropped Tennessee Shinobi, what was the uh, reception that you got? Like, what was the reaction that you guys got from that? Oh man, we got a lot of love. We got a lot of support. I feel like uh, a lot of new people were introduced to us and really started to take us more seriously as artists. Like, because I feel like with, um, with the Idis EP, that was, a because before that, before that we had like the, a, a CD that we called The Pursuit. Hmm. And a lot of that was like me still being like high school, Tico still, still developing as a man, like learning like, what I want to talk about and what I want to push because I used to be like an artist, like, you know, I don't, I ain't gonna really do too much. I ain't gonna really curse in my raps and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Then I got to the point where I'm like, bro, like, this is like, this shit is real life. Like, and you, you don't, you're not even that type of person in real life. So why not curse in your raps? And I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, bro, I think I think December twenty first might have been one of the first raps I was cursing in. Hmm. Like So so before then it was just, you know, just like, like I was clean just lyrics. It was clean, clean cut. Lyrics. Like clean cut. But um I just I just wanted to grow from what I thought I should be into like what I actually am. Man, 
uh, one of the things that I want to, you know, salute you guys on is not only you guys are great, you know, songwriters, you know, you guys make incredible music, but one thing, if people have not had the chance to experience you guys live, it's definitely worth paying for because you guys are great performers as well. Like, y'all bring that energy. Um, it's just, it, it's, I feel like if you just, if you're standing still doing a performance of, of y'all, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, because <laughs> yeah. you, y'all bring it, no matter what. Just like you guys, uh, you guys were performing at uh, Juneteenth uh, yeah. last weekend. Uh -huh. Like, you, yeah, like, shout out to y'all. It's like, it's every time, I've never seen a whack performance from y'all. It's always that energy. Of course, you guys, uh, you know what I'm saying, performing your incredible music, but y'all, that energy. Like, how did you guys develop a, a, a great stage presence and performance level like that? Man, to be honest, like, when we first started, like, our first, like, performance, like, was that Virgo show I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like we kind of, most of it was natural. Like, just naturally feeding off of each other and, like, thinking that's, like, how is a performance is supposed to be done. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, cause I never wanted to, I never had a desire to be the artist that like stand in one spot and like, you know, don't really give the crowd too much. You know what I'm saying? So I always wanted to leave it all on the stage. And like, we developed it through the years because we feel like people paying to see us. Mm -hmm. We want to get them a reason that they paid. You know what I'm saying? Oh man! All right, now you guys have built up uh, uh, this buzz locally in the city. Uh, you guys are, are doing showcases and you guys are performing. All right, when you guys go into uh, creating the Worthy Negro project, you guys approach it much differently because if people who really follow you guys, you can tell far as sonically, it's a it's a much big it's a difference. Uh, oh yeah. The, the 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 choruses the uh the verses and just the whole vibe and the production between those two projects was a, both are great projects but me personally or the negro is i feel like a underground memphis classic oh yeah definitely definitely yeah man so man talk about uh what was it like going into uh creating that project oh man it was definitely different from creating Tennessee Shinobi, because with um, with Tennessee Shinobi, you know, it was all, like, it was all us, mm -hmm. but with Worthy Negro, you know, we had the help of a, a local label here in the city that we were working with at the time, which uh, really sped up the process differently than what it typically is with us. And we knew that we were making an album this time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in contrast to a tape, we, and we really wanted it to have like strong themes. We wanted the the hooks to be on point. Like we like we wanted all that going into it, and it was really the biggest chance we got to work with more local producers 
that we wanted to work with. Uh-huh. Like a board lord, speculate, the philosopher, uh, and chemist who uh, produced Tom Lee. <laughs> oh my God, classic, classic. Yeah, yeah, and it just it just was a it was a more it was a more professional vibe because you know we had I feel like more direction than our mixtape. Because even with our mixtape, we had, like, you know, the direction of ourselves and, like, how we wanted to do it. But, like, with the album, I feel like it was more, boom, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to do more organized. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like this mm-hmm. is why it came out sounding more, you know, more, uh, what's the word, what's the word, refined. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Man, um, the label that you guys end up linking up with uh, was it Driven by Music? How did you guys end up, you know, partnering up with them? Oh, uh, we um, shit, how did that? How the fuck did that? I gotta think back. Okay, I know we had we had done a couple of dream fests up to that point, and uh, we had our we had had relationship with the ship with them prior, just on some mutual, you know. We do this for y'all. You just do this for us, type shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, it eventually led to them offering us, you know, a partnership on the album and stuff like that. And you know, and we were we had already had the relationship, so it wasn't really nothing to be like, okay, let's make this happen. So shit, from that point on, we made it happen. <laughs> Man, uh, I can remember when you guys was doing uh, running the promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, for everything, cause uh, of course, my dojo came out. Yeah, um, it's like that was a big shock for a lot of us, especially in the city. And not to mention the video. Like, what was it like shooting that video, man? Because you guys added your own creative uh thing to it, right? With the anime and stuff. But y'all, y'all had that Memphis in there with the uh the juking and stuff like that, man. What was it like shooting that video? Yeah, it was uh it was a guy, uh a videographer that used to uh, live here tonight was Quinn Lamb. I think he uh he's out in LA now. And when we first dropped the song, like he had already told us, bro, y'all gotta let me shoot this. Like y'all gotta <laughs> y'all gotta let me shoot this, y'all gotta let me shoot this. <laughs> so he he had yeah, a lot of good. ideas. Yeah, knew it. Yeah, he had a lot of ideas of like me- mixing the uh, Memphis with the uh, the anime themes because that's basically what the song is. It's like a, a big mixture of like that Memphis sound, and then you got the the hook with the the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure references mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It just it just blended well with the video, and like he just he's an amazing uh, videographer. I think he's done uh work for Xavier Wolf, uh, some other folks as well. So get some time look him up. He's a great, great artist. Like I said, I remember when you guys was doing uh the promo work uh for the album and when you guys was like you had get guys had a goal to reach far as uh you know first week and stuff like that. And then when the album came out and uh, you guys had oh, you guys had some shows also, man. Uh, yeah, when yeah. you guys 
when you guys found out that you hit number five on the Heat Seekers charts, Fires to the South, man, what was that like? Ah, man, it was it was dope. It was dope. I ain't gonna lie, it was it was a you dope moment. To, you charted. to see that, you know, to see that we could, you know, actually achieve that, especially knowing where we come from and the background that we come from. Like we just two dudes from the city. It's like how I always looked at us. So every time I every time I saw us do something big like that, it was always humbling because it's like, damn, it's like you can really you can really make shit happen if you like put your mind to it. Thanks, man. Now, um, going through that, it was, you know, a sort of bittersweet moment because you guys did have some uh, situations go on fire with the label. Like, because you guys, at one point, you guys was uh, pushing it, promoting it, and then it just, like, you know, it came to, like, a quick a quick stop. Uh, what happened? Man, I can, I can tell you. Yeah, I can tell you a little because, you know, I don't like to get into it because I'm really, we're really at the point where it's so far to pass, it's really not even... A thing I like bringing, an old wound I like bringing up, but well, like basically said, it, it, we just had disagreements. Oh, okay. Yeah, we really just had disagreements uh, with the label. We felt this way. They felt this way. We could never uh, come to an agreement to really mend the situation. And, you know, we had we were under contract as well. So they kind of fucked up a lot of stuff for us, which really ended up uh, fucking up a lot of our momentum that we had built mm. with the album and before the album. Mostly before the album, because, you know, we got, we really had our own momentum anyway. Before then, so. Yeah, so it just kind of stifled a lot of stuff that we were doing, uh, which led to... Really, even me and Eddie having like etern internal issues that we, you know, we dealt with and got over because, you know, we brothers, we fix shit with each other. But shit just, I just look at, I just chalk it up to life, man. Like at the end of the day, this side felt this way, the other side felt this way, and we really couldn't meet in the middle in no way, so... We just had to walk away with what we had left. Understandable. Like I said, um, for, like I said in the beginning, if that's if you wanted to talk about it, like we could have just skipped it. So I just I appreciate the response. It just you know people wanted to know because we you had a lot of people riding for y'all uh, as far as when that situation took place, man. So it's definitely understandable, and I can see that you 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 guys are far removed from that. And it did, like you said, it did, you know, put a, a, a pause to a lot of stuff that you guys were doing as far as the momentum that you guys had built. And was there a point where you guys were down there, like, about to be done with it? Because I know, you know, when people go through certain uh, things like that, you know, it makes them want to step uh, back from it. It's like, you know, I don't even want to deal with this no more. Yeah, it was some points mine for me where... I just wanted to give up on everything. It was some point to be honest where shit where y'all shit might not have been seeing me no more ever. Just from mm. on some just just 
wild shit. Just cause I get you. I, I get you. I get you. I get yeah. where you come from. I, I, I already get. I get. I get where you coming from. But you know, a nigga had to really sit with himself and grow. Cause like we was, it was twenty two. I was twenty three when that happened. So we was still, you know, growing as man, still discovering who we are. And like that, that moment just really like it kind of just was like a punch in the gut because of what we had been building since we was 18 and 19. So, yeah, nigga had to really grow from that moment, really had to take their bumps, take their bruises, and come back stronger. Like, that's why we come back how we come back now. We we gonna, we gonna get into that. Oh my god, dude! Talk about yeah. it. Don't call it the comeback. Uh, yeah. I wanted to know, man. After going through that, um, did you guys like start to really, uh, I guess, smarten up as far as on the business side of things? Ah, yeah, and it never. It was never really, to be honest, uh, a degree of not knowing the business, <laughs> the business as they say. It was more so getting into situations that we never should have got into with hmm. people we never should have got into it with, in my opinion. Got gotcha. You know what I'm saying? It's like really us trusting is how I feel. Us trusting something with people who we never should have trusted it with. We should have trusted ourselves from the beginning. So it was never me, you know. I'm just around here signing shit willy-nilly and I just don't know what I'm doing. It's like, because it was never my, it was never our intentions to sign with anybody, to be honest. It's just we had built up that trust with the people we were doing it with. So, you know what I'm saying? We went into a partnership like that. But as far as the business, though, as far as other shit, like, I definitely didn't learned a lot more since then as far as royalties as far as how to push our music as far as like what we want from this shit instead of what people want us to want from it mm, i like how you put that i like how you put that right, yeah man when you guys made the ultimate comeback you guys rebranded basically, you know, it's yeah, you know, no more. So, it in Tico, yeah, man. What was it like? Like, what was that? Um, what was you know, what what was going on at that time when you guys, like, you know, what I think we ready to go and put this, put put everything back together? Like, what was that conversation and what was the, those those talks like with you and uh, Edie? Yeah, man, like I said, it took a lot of us, um. Uh sitting down with each other and like really being honest with each other about prior situations us apologizing to each other us like just growing this man and um deciding like you know what we not giving up on ourselves like despite what happened despite where it goes and regardless of how people feel we're gonna keep moving because this what we want for each other. This what I want for him. This what he want for me. And I feel like this is what God want for us. And this how we. This this is what we're supposed to be doing. Period. 
Like, this is our thing, and it was our thing before anyone else was attached to it. And it's always going to be you guys' thing. Yeah, which is why it's Itty and Tico, because that's what it always was. Yes, sir. Um, when these when these guys rebranded and they came with the new uh, came with a, a new EP, it was called Growing Pains. Go check it out. When they made their return, they it's, it's it was just so incredible. The video for a buzz a buzz off kick. If you have not seen this, it's two minutes and thirty one seconds of this is what like ladies and gentlemen, this is what you call art. This is what you call being creative. And then these are independent artists who did this, who who, who put this together, man. Uh, who who uh, shot that for you guys? A friend of ours named Jordan. You can go uh, look him up. Like, you can look at the credits. Like, his name is there and everything. Jordan and uh, also uh, Sharika Evans. Like, they, uh, like, Jordan, like, basically... Jordan like a madman when it comes to like ideas and like concepts. Like he got like so much in his bag. Like he's really a uh, he's a film director, so he comes from that background and like he's always been like a big fan of our music. So he reached out to us like some years ago, like, and we just been keeping in touch since then. Like wanting to shoot some videos for us and. We were coming out with the EP Growing Pains. And uh I sent him the song Buzz Saw Kick. And he decided like this is the video we're gonna do. And like we had been shooting back ideas back and forth for like a while. And like we had finally decided on like some concepts that made sense to us and like really uh fit the mold of the song and fit fit like us coming back. You know, because that's like this the whole concept of the video, like making that return. Like making a return and like, you know, watching the me me sitting in the sand, watching the house burn down, watching everything we built burn down. And like Man. us us growing from that. You know. Man, and when you guys finally released it and you guys got the reaction that you got and when growing pains dropped was it's shocking to see that you know of course you guys have built the loyal fan base but sometimes for for some artists you know if they not if they haven't dropped anything for a while they're quickly forgotten about but was it shocking to you that you, to see that you still you guys still have true supporters out there oh man i want to say it was shocking i would say it's more like i said before it's just humbling to see like that people are still like in tune and that people were still rooting for us. Like, even though, you know, we ain't in their face every day. Like it, it, it was cool to see that people still had us on their minds and like really was in tune with it when we dropped and like, we got a lot of good feedback and hit our goal in like two days. So it was, it was dope to see that. Man, like I said, man, you guys are legends in the making when it comes to this, man. And, of course, you always got, you know, uh, supporter 
from uh, of me until until the very end, man. Because you know, I just can't. You know, I can't wait to see you guys flourish more in this music, and it, I know it's coming. I, I just feel like because even going back and watching, you know, that video, and it's like, bro, like this is the independent group who put this together. You got artists who got who got millions on a budget for a video. Who won't even do that? Like, who won't even like come up with some creative like that? And not mm. to mention this the incredible music that you guys put together, man. It's just it's phenomenal. Man, I appreciate every word of it, bro. I appreciate you being down with us. No problem, man. Uh, I wanted to uh, also know uh, what is the what's going on far as with uh, with Eddie and Tico as of right now, because I know uh, you guys also do uh, features like for other people. Um, and then you guys also sometimes have solo songs. So uh, what's the status with you guys right now? Yeah, right now, shit, we really. To be honest, as far as a project, uh, we ain't too much thinking so much of a project, but more so putting out music consistently, putting out songs consistently, getting to the point where we can put out like the high quality stuff that we put out consistently, and that that like this is really like the focus right now. Like we got um, we got a video on the way soon. For make away, we got uh, um, got a couple songs like really about ready, but we just waiting for we just waiting for that moment. So a few more things need to be in order before we release shit. But we plan on releasing music, plan on keeping it going, and when we get to that point where we feel like the people. Ready for another project? We're gonna drop a full length project. Uh, you already know we definitely gonna be waiting. Now, before uh, we even uh, wrap it up, I wanted to know uh, what people just don't know is that you uh, now you're lending your services as far as a ghostwriter. Uh, ghostwriter, uh, how did that all uh, that how did that come about? It's a friend of mine named uh, Malik the Martian. I don't shout yeah. out to Malik. He uh, he took the picture of our uh album cover for Word Negro too. Um he sent me uh this guy named Mike Burton. Mm -hmm. uh, he sent me a video of this guy named Mike Burton. Like he's a fiber seller and like he makes a living off fiber basically being a ghostwriter. Like and writing lyrics for people and like his story like really inspired me and like like I wanted to, to be honest, I wanted to be like. Him. I said I wanna, I wanna do this type of work. I feel like this is something like that. I, I'm skilled at. I feel like it's something that I would be good at. So, shit, I said, why not give it a shot and let's see where it leads to for me. Facts, facts, facts. I mean, I'm, um, I already know you got people hitting you up already, and you know because I, what thing is, why not? go like when you're needing some assistance fires getting a record together why not go to the goat i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying why not go yeah. to the goat you know what i'm saying one of the goats like hey that's a no-brainer right there man uh i want
wanted to just thank you for uh, taking the time out to uh, be on my platform. Like I said, man, uh, you and Eddie always got a, a, a home over here. You guys any need promotion or anything like that, man. My uh, my platform is always open to you guys, man. And I just want to thank you for uh, just being a part of my journey and, you know, sitting down on my platform. I definitely appreciate it, man. For sure, for sure. I'm going to make sure I uh, let Eddie know all it. So next time we get on here, we can get both of us on here. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Before we wrap it up, I want to know, when it's all said and done for Tico Sensei, once far as once you're – I wouldn't say removed from music, but once you've gone on to other ventures and gone on to do other bigger things in your life, how would you like to be remembered? Man, I just really want to be remembered as, first and foremost, a Memphis hip-hop artist. I want to be remembered specifically as a Memphis hip-hop artist that didn't fit the status quo, but still made a line for himself, still made a way for his family, still made a way for artists like him that came after him. And I want to be something that artists like me in this city can point at and be like, this how this this how I want to do it. That was a an excellent response, my brother. A very excellent response. Thank you, bro. Man, if they want to reach you, uh, want to reach you as far as uh business uh, on some business, you know, they some people need some hooks, some verses, or they want to yeah. follow you, or like, how can they reach you, man? Now you can uh follow me on IG Master Tico Sensei. Uh, follow me on TikTok Master Tico Sensei. If you want to uh hit up Eddie and Tico, follow us uh everywhere at I D I X T E C O. Y'all, hey, like I said, if you have not ever heard of this group before, if you have not been introduced to their music, then uh, uh, far as on YouTube, uh, their links will be in the description. If you're watching this on Facebook, uh, I will make sure their links are in the description for this one. Also, uh, audio, uh, like on Apple Podcasts, I will make sure their links are in the description for all of it because I feel like these brothers uh, are something incredible and I just can't wait to see the rest of the journey of Eddie and Tico continue on and the world get to know what we already know, that y'all some motherfucking ghosts when it come to this. For real, for real. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you, man. No problem, man. This is Tico Sensei. I'm Moss, and we are out. Yeah.